In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. I have a question tonight. Do you have a favorite mystery series, novel, or television? Anybody? Huh? Um, I like Law and Order. Law and Order? Okay. I hear some Law and Order. Anybody else? Law and Order? Okay. What do we like about them? Why do we want to know who, who killed Roger Ackroyd or who killed Mr. Body? Why? Because we usually want to get to the mystery and figure it out before Sherlock Holmes or Miss Marple or Father Brown or any of the rest of them, right? We want to be smarter than they are. We want to find the clues and figure out who done it. Now, did any of you ever watch Columbo? Okay. What happened in Columbo? They showed you who did it in the first three minutes, right? In the first three minutes, we, we got to meet the victim, we got to meet the murderer, and then it was all done. We knew what was going on. And then it was a matter of time until Columbo figured it out, right? He'd always walk back into the room and go, just, just one more thing, right? And we're all waiting to see how he's going to get to it because we already know the outcome. Again, the Lord spoke to Ahaz, saying, Ask a sign of the Lord your God. Let it be deep as Sheol or as high as heaven. Now, if we go back to the beginning of the chapter, we find out Ahaz is king of Judah, the southern kingdom based around Jerusalem. And the northern kingdom, Israel, and the kingdom of Aram, Aram is a lot of what is Syria today, are about to invade him. And the kingdom is nervous. They're scared. Everybody's afraid. And God wants to take the mystery out of what he's going to do. So he sends Isaiah, and God says, don't worry. They can't hurt you. I'm not going to let them. And I'll tell you what Ahaz, he says in this chapter, in these verses, ask me anything for a sign. I'll do anything you ask to prove to you I'm going to deliver you. And what did Ahaz respond? I'll not ask, and I'll not put the Lord to the test. Now why is Ahaz not wanting to put God to the test here? I mean, that sounds like a spiritual answer, right? If you believe that God's going to do what he promises, do you really need him to show you ahead of time that's what's going to happen? Maybe not. But that's not the reason. Ahaz is hedging and dancing around, wanting to listen to Isaiah, and not even wanting a sign from God. But why? It's not really a mystery. Over in 2 Kings, the Bible tells us he wants to sign a treaty with the Assyrians. The Assyrians are the powerful empire to the north. He wants to put his trust in their chariots and horses, in their armies, and, in their, and not in the Lord. But the Lord wants him to trust. The trust of his people to be in him. He doesn't want their trust to be in politics or strength of arms, but just in him. He tells Ahaz, I'll bring you peace, real peace, not the temporary kind of peace that you get with treaties, not peace that will last until the king dies or changes from year to year depending on their whim. But Ahaz wants to ignore the promise of God. But the Lord's going to make him a promise anyway. Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. Look, the young woman is with child and shall bear a son and shall name him Emmanuel. He shall eat curds and honey by the time he knows how to refuse the evil and choose the good. God's going to deliver Ahaz and his people, but not because of Ahaz. Ahaz is going to go to Assyria and be so impressed with the way they do everything, he's going to make the temple of God change to resemble the temples in Assyria. He's going to swear to their gods his loyalty to the Assyrians. And God already knows this. 
Because he says in this chapter that if you become entangled with the Assyrians, it's going to save you today. But in the future, it's going to imperil your people. But God is still going to send Emmanuel to save his people. Ahaz is not going to be buried with David and Solomon and the other kings because of everything that he did. But Ahaz is still, we read in Matthew 1, 9, one of Joseph's forefathers. He's still reckoned into Jesus' line. Hero, shepherd of Israel, leading Joseph like a flock, shine forth you that are enthroned upon the cherubim. The Lord is our shepherd is one of those foundational images that we have with relationship to God, right? He looks after us and he guides us, even though we are like sheep and we're all dancing and, and running off in our own directions all the time. He's taking that crook and he's gently nudging us back, back onto the right path, everywhere we need to go. Ahaz, this, Asaph this morning writes, Restore us, O Lord of hosts. Show the light of your countenance and we will be saved. This is the refrain of the psalm, the one that he says over and over again, we need to be restored. There are times when we wander far away from God. But he knows that all we have to do is to turn back and ask for forgiveness. And the great shepherd will forgive us and bring us right back into the flock. He writes, Let your hand be, the, be upon the man of your right hand, the son of man you've made so strong for yourself, so he will never turn away from you. Give us life that we may call upon your name. But Asaph also knows there's one promised coming, the son of man. He's going to come and give us life so that we may stay faithful and call upon his name first, and not as the last resort. Now Asaph's writing these the days of David. Ahaz grew up singing this song generations later. He knew what to do. All he had to do was ask to be restored. In our gospel this morning, it starts with, Now the birth of Jesus the Messiah took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been engaged to Joseph, before they lived together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. Now, engagement may not be the best way to think about where Mary and Joseph were in their relationship, right? If somebody gets engaged today, what can happen between the time they get engaged and the time they get married? They can quit. They can walk away. Maybe the ring will get given back, but no matter what happens, you just walk away at this point, and it's all done. But they're in a situation right now that they've got less than a year to get married. It's a binding contract. I mean, that sounds romantic, right? A binding contract... Joseph's preparing the home, and when it's all ready, they're going to have a wedding feast. And then they're going to be man and wife and go live together. And it says, her husband Joseph, being a righteous man, was unwilling to expose her to public divorce, planned to dismiss her quietly. That's why the Bible mentions the quietly part. For them to break up at this point, he's got to go and get a divorce. And it kind of makes sense, right? The baby isn't his. They've not had relations yet, and Mary's pregnant. Now think about it. If we're watching Law and Order, and the young lady says, I'm pregnant. Would you believe an angel came and made me pregnant? What do we know is we're going to find out by the third act. Stabler's going to have a conversation, and we're going to find out that either she's got some mental issues, or she was given a drug, or she's dealing with PTSD. And it wasn't an angel that got her pregnant. I'm sure that Joseph's hearing this story going, uh-huh, uh-huh, okay. But he's not sure what to do, so he's going to do it quietly. He's wanting to be gentle. There's no talk of public shaming. And all it took to get him to change his mind was what? A visit from the angel of the Lord. And the angel tells him, She will bear a son, and you are to name him Jesus, 
for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what had been spoken by the Lord through the prophet. The virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall name him Emmanuel, which means God's with us. God with us. Matthew's telling us that what is happening is the ultimate fulfillment of what God promised to Ahaz hundreds of years before. That someone was coming who would be God with us. The Son of Man was coming to be God, God's right hand on earth, to lead us so we no longer go astray. The Son of Man who was coming to bring us life, bring us access to the very throne of God. And here today in our story, he's almost here, but not quite yet. And it says, when Joseph awoke from his sleep, the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took her as his wife. But Joseph was different from his father Ahaz. Ahaz is told that God would do anything to protect him. And Ahaz doesn't want that. He doesn't want to listen. Joseph, though, he listens. And he takes Mary to be his wife. And we move even closer to Jesus' birth. In our epistle we read, Paul, a servant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, set apart for the gospel of God, which he promised beforehand through the prophets and the Holy Scriptures. Paul today is reminding us, as he was reminding the Romans back then, that the gospel of God, the gospel of peace, is one that was promised centuries and millennia before Christ came. It was not an accident. It's not something that Peter and Paul and the rest of the apostles willed into fact or tried to make up stories to make true. Paul saying it was always God's plan for the head of the serpent to be crushed. He says it's the gospel concerning his son, descended from David according to the flesh, and declared to be son of God with power according to the spirit of holiness by the resurrection of the dead, Jesus Christ our Lord. He was telling the Romans the Son of Man had come, and that Emmanuel had changed the way that we live in relationship to God, the firstborn from the dead, Jesus Christ. And all of these things have taken place so that Everyone, including yourselves, are called to belong to Jesus Christ, to all God's beloved in Rome who are called to be saints. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Paul's reminding them that what God had promised in the past, going all the way back to the prophets, and what had been fulfilled in this life, the death and the resurrection of Jesus. And now our status because of our faith in Jesus is that of beloved children of God, children who are living in grace and peace, comes from God and from our Lord Jesus Christ. And with grace, we're living like that episode of Columbo. We hardly know what's going to happen. We know the end. And in the meantime, all we're doing is we're waiting to see how it's all going to come about. We know the mystery of faith, right? Christ has died. Christ has risen. Christ will come again. Christ, who came as a baby born, will come again to set the world once, right and for all. We've heard it over Advent. What's going to happen in this new kingdom? War is going to cease, and its weapons will be repurposed. We no longer have to worry about our safety and creation. He's going to change the very animals and transforms the stars and the earth to be perfect. And we will see Jesus again, and with him all the saints in glory. Amen. <laughs>